Hi, I'm Joe Sheeran, and welcome to the Dealmaker Series. This show highlights some of our most interesting deals by talking to the entrepreneurs and the dealmakers behind them. Today, in person for the first time, we are joined by Sue Dash Fernando and Tom Ogden of Coco Green. Coco Green's a global leader in the design and manufacture of low-carbon, high-yield Koya growth substrate. Wow. So they're here to talk about their recent investment from Circularity Capital. Um, and I'm actually also joined by Claire Frangu, who led on the deal. Hi, guys. How are we doing? Hi, Joe. Doing Hi, Joe. great. Hi, Joe. You're you. all looking well as well. So, Sudesh, we've just talked about high-yield Koya growth substrate. Can you explain a bit more what that is for the audience? Well, uh, this is about actually uh, growing instead of soil, growing media using waste product uh, while actually increasing the yield and uh, reducing the usage of water uh, and maximize other environmental benefits as well. All right. Okay. Brilliant. So it's really good from a sustainability perspective. This is all about sustainable and how we're going to face when when we have a uh, bigger demand in food production while using the existing resources. Right. Okay. So just take us back, Sudesh. I'd love to hear the journey of Coco Green. Well, uh, we founded this company in 2010 uh, with uh, Thomas and myself. Uh, at that time, we saw actually there's a gap uh, there's an increase in demand in food production. We wanted to have actually uh, minimize the wastage. Then we actually seen there's an opportunity use usage of waste product and use the water technology and science and make into a better product than actually growing uh, growing in soil or any other growing media existing. Right. Okay. And is, are there certain crops where? It works really well. Uh, initially, this is uh, mainly for the uh, berry industry, especially strawberries, uh, raspberries, or blackberries. Now, actually, in-house, we develop into other crops, especially salad, which means tomatoes, cucumbers, and not only that one, cocoa green itself, actually, recently, and develop for other crops like uh, avocados and uh, trees and a lot of other sectors, actually. Oh, great, great. So, Tom, just moving on to you. Yep. How did you decide the timing was right to start looking for investment? Um, well, that's a good question because this business, especially we started it a long time before you would normally go to market to seek investment. So with this product, it was such a innovative area, taking waste from a coconut right. and then turn that into something of value. Yeah. It actually took us some years to prove the concept of the business. Right. Okay. And then establish a market. So, you know, we were very unpopular in the beginning of our business in the growing media sector where we sit against the traditional materials like peat, um, which I think a lot of people know about what peat is now, mm. um, which is extracted from the ground and emits a lot of carbon. Um, and Cocoa Green's solution to that and the product that we actually make, the growing media, um, you know, was, was looked down upon when we started. So in the market that we said, people had this bad habit of using peat. Um, they they needed a they didn't know they needed a sustainable solution to that. They got good yields, they got good quality of crops, and then when um, Sesh thought of this idea for um, using a coconut waste stream, 
Uh, we found a cocoa bean off the back of that idea. And the objective for that was to first prove that the product could be used as a, as an alternative to peat, as an alternative to soil. So that took some years to establish that and yeah. break through some molds um, and convince people that, you know, this was actually a serious product. Um, and, and we achieved that. We achieved that here in the UK initially with the set of berries. Um, and then off the back of that, there was a lot of um, innovation, a lot of R&D that went into the product, okay, um, to basically prove itself versus other raw materials that were basically fossil fuel derived on high energy man-made um, um, production processes. Yeah. And, and then it started to gain popularity and off the back of that, we could actually establish the brand itself or other companies always named Coco Green. We actually put a lot into branding as a solution, as a sustainable solution to to be a foundation for the food production. Right, okay. And, and, and so, you know, that took some years. We knew that we had something really special in, in, in our hands. And so we didn't want to go to market too soon because we actually didn't really... Uh, capital wasn't at the top of the agenda. Right. It was actually proving the, proving the idea, proving the products, showing through the R and D work that that Sinesh had at the very initial stages, stages and still leads, and then commercially proving out the products itself in the market to be respected. Mm. And so that you know, I think probably by twenty fifteen in the UK and probably in a couple of other countries, it was respected. Yeah. As a viable alternative to what was already there. Yeah. And obviously from that point we started to, you know, grow the commercial arms of the business out. And, you know, we developed the, the supply chain model. Um, you know, especially you led the supply chain um, development, which is a vertically integrated supply chain. And so having the having the proof of the products and a brand and then also the full control of the supply chain gave us something really, really special. Yeah. <laughs> wow! You know, we've got a great product that we can deliver to a high quality consistently um, but with high tech embedded into the product. And did the competition know what was going on at the same time? Well, because this industry is so well established before, you know, the pea industry is a growing media has been around for 125 years. Yeah. Right. Um, the other alternatives, so stonewall products, which are made from basalt mining, basically. Right. They are huge conglomerates, these businesses. Um, so, you know, at that time, Coco Green was probably nobody to them. Yeah. But, you know, it certainly hit them with a shock now. We're looking at our current performance in trading. Um, we're really just, we're really disrupting the market and it's a sustainable solution that's, that's being put forward. It's yeah. exciting. Yeah, really exciting, really exciting. So, Claire, just from your perspective, how did you pull the whole equity story around this? Well, well, Tom Tom's touched on on a few elements of it, and I think um, and I think just to highlight those and reiterate, I think first of all the product um, is based on proprietary tech. It's highly innovative, um, and was subject to further innovation. So Sudesh is still innovating the product. So so it's definitely in the agri tech space. Um, as Tom has articulated, it embeds really strong envir- environmental credentials, absolutely within its DNA in how it's produced, in how it's transported, and in fact, how the customers use it. So, um, so you know, limited amounts of water and nutrition that need to be added, which make it 
you know, efficient all the way through from an environmental point of view. So clearly in the current market, that that's really an important and growing trend. Um, the, the other aspect, so Tom's talked and, and maybe been a little bit shy about saying that proving the commerciality of the product, this business took um, went from zero to 80% of the commercial strawberry growing market in the UK in the space really? of 10 years. So I, Wow, sure that's the, significant, isn't sure it? Pretty sure the competitors would have noticed that. Yeah, um, and and I think as well, you've got that sort of um, and also established an international base. So this 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 story was about an international rollout, replicating what had already been proven in the UK, and by adding adding additional capacity, the business was capacity constrained. They were turning away orders. Right. So actually, from an equity point of view, it's around an international growth based on this tech and these strong environmental credentials. Right, okay. So it'd be interesting to know from you, Claire, as well, circularity, why were they interested initially? Okay. All of those things, obviously, you mentioned, but, but probably why, people don't know why circularity. Yeah, so there's, well, there's a clue in the name, circularity. Yeah, so they, they, so as, it, as most private equity houses, they look to invest in high-growth uh, companies. So yes, definitely tick in this case. Um, but also for them, it's about um, it, investing in business models that incorporate sustainability objectives. Now, there's, there's various private exercises which will have that as an area that they're interested in, but it's the sole focus of circularity. Um, and what they're looking for is sustainable um, sustainability where the outcome actually generates an increased growth in the value of the business. They think it's accretive to value. So... So that's kind of what they're looking for generally, and I think what you know in terms of um, cocoa green, you know, it's got the, the highly technical products, environmentally differentiated, with established customer relationships, and they're global customer relationships. So those relationships established in the UK were with um, corporates that then had their tentacles into all these other geographical markets. So you could leverage that, um, and and that UK dominant market position really with. A great sort of um, endorsement as to the sort of proven success of the business. So I think they were the key things. They really bought into the growth, and in fact, um, I think even even saw more growth than perhaps Thomas Adesh did, or, or were prepared to sign up to initially. And 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 we ended up having a more aggressive plan because they really wanted Pushed to back it. a more aggressive plan than than Thomas Adesh initially uh, went out with. But I think. Were happy to happy to uh, to write because they believed in it also, but just maybe weren't sure that persuade somebody else of the same. Uh, but they they certainly met a partner in circularity. And Tom, just on that circularity point, you know what attracted you to working with them as a partner? Well, I think one one of the really good things about the process that we went through with KPMG is that they helped us to really see the the wider value of the values and principles that the business was founded upon. Yeah. All right. And so by the time the circularity sort of showed interest in the business, there were a number of us with, you know, let's say ballpark similar values. And obviously we're in a competitive process and, and circularity clinched it. I think the the bottom the bottom line on that for us was that when we met the the principles of that particular fund, they actually lived and breathed the values as we did as, yes. as founders of, the, of our business. And so it was it was something a lot more natural for us. Um, and, and thinking about the 
ambitious growth plan and, and obviously haven't been around in business and actually built a profitable business over many years, the, the two of us without the support of our teams. Um, we weren't this sort of naive, you know, sort of early stage startup or something. We actually have been through the mill and knew that to be successful and do a really aggressive growth plan, we need to get on with the people in the room. Yeah. Um, something as simple as that, you know, so shared values, shared, shared culture, shared ambition, all of that is, is very simple, but actually in business, we think that's what matters to, to be successful. So you had COVID, you had challenges in not being able to actually see the facilities that they were buying into, um, everything else with actually not being able to meet as a team, even during COVID as well. Because you obviously want to build a relationship with the people that you're working with, Claire. I guess, you know, with that as a backdrop, what kind of advice would you give to future sellers? Like, what are some of the things that you think now, oh, yeah, that's what I would do differently or that's what would work? What's your key piece of advice? Do you want to start, Claire? Yeah, I, I, I can start. And I suppose some of this is, 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 I suppose, generic advice I would give to any business, I think. I think take time to pre- prepare. Um Ideally, 12, 18 months out, yeah. you know, it's almost, you can almost never be too early. Yeah. Um, the longer you have, the, you know, the easier it is. You're, you're trying to do less in a, um, you know, you're not trying to cram everything into a short period of time. And Tom, just on that, did you feel prepared? Uh, well, you know, thinking about the the environment at the time, you know, as we, as we just described around COVID and not being able to access travel restrictions, not connected to it. Um, no. Yeah. Um, the simple answer is no, but I think that we made it where we had great support from each other. We had great support from KPMG. You know, we were really committed to, to get the thing done. You know, the you imagine being in a position, it's a very privileged position that we, we, we created um, to get to that point, but turning business away or managing customers' expectations is not what we're in business for. It's to it's to give a great product and a great solution and all that. Yeah. It. So it's... so. Yeah, I think I think sort of if you're, I think there were areas where if you did it again, you'd probably be more prepared. And I know you've you've, you've strengthened some of the the finance team as well since mm-hmm. subsequently, which private equity tends to bring more demands on the finance team. So that's just a fairly normal part of the of the journey. And Tom and Sudesh, what about you? What would be your advice to future sellers? I think the main thing is actually what we do. We need to be focused and at the same time experience and the preparation we can do during the uh, process as well. As example, you know, it was a great challenge during this uh, COVID time, especially on one hand, we need to do the prepare the deal. And at the same time, we need to run the business, you know. Yeah. Not run the business, actually, the good growth, forecasted growth, basically, mm. you know. Yeah. Why are we doing that one? Actually, we need to learn those things, those new skills quite quickly. Yes. That can happen from my view, actually, with the great support, you know. Yes. That, that's support we got while we actually learning that part. Even we did have uh, better preparation before, we actually achieve with the support while we actually achieve the growth plan as we forecasted. Yeah, that's brilliant. And it, was there something between the partnership between the two of you that made that work? It's actually, again, that's to do with actually a good relationship uh, Tom and myself had over the years. Mm-hmm. That's also massively helped, no doubt about that one. 
that's actually that one of the key point of this success you know within the team that we have a very good relationship with the team is is not even the uk or sri lanka or any other part of the world the main thing actually we always start actually better teamwork and good relationship build up that actually the key part even the difficult circumstances covid or whatever you know we had actually challenge in the shipping and everything you know mm. still actually we achieve more than forecasted you know that's quite difficult challenge yeah yeah that's can happen only actually better communication better relationship yeah so you had a really good foundation to build on exactly. when you got into the deal yeah, yeah great yeah. and you tom any well i think advice? I, I think I, I said the same thing before when we talked about bringing in bringing in new new partners you know but I've, you can hear from sadash's verification of, of the same thing which is you know it's simple at the, at the foundational level we've got to put the right partners we definitely put the right partners in in each other in circularity and in kpmg in terms of running the process and, and that commitment was there from everybody at the end of the day 110 commitment was there and, and we really appreciate that um because whatever the weak areas or whatever i guess i guess every deal for you guys is different yeah but you know there are all, nobody's perfect in this world and there's always improvement areas and 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 such is absolutely right if we surround ourselves with the right people yeah ultimately the challenges everybody can face together yeah and, and i think you did that really well because i think you you you're a, you're a relatively small business but you're really ambitious and you 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 surrounded yourself with um a very high quality and don't just mean kpmg but the wider advisory team and that enabled you to deal with the complexities that there were in the deal and there were complexities because you're a business based in two two countries, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think that was really important in, in making sure that the deal happened. Um, and it and it, you know, some of the, you know, there were delays and there was a real sort of um will to get the deal done um from yourselves and but also the team around you. And I think that relationship is really important. And I would one thing I would say to anybody is um, you know, get an advisor um and it, yeah, ideally KPMG, but <laughs> an advisor, and importantly, somebody you can, you feel you can work with, somebody you feel you can trust, because you're going to be working with them closely for quite a period of time, and that's yes. really that's really important, I think, on, yeah. on both sides to make sure that relationship is going to work. Yeah. yeah, and just looking at relationships, so obviously you've been working with Circularity for a year now. How's that going? Yeah, I think. Uh, is going well, really well, and uh, uh, as Tom mentioned, uh, that started to actually see the evidence of him. Uh, Tom mentioned about initially we look actually our values and our principles aligned with circularity. That actually can see the evidence basis now. Yeah, that's very supportive not only the, the financial and business growth and also other factors quite important as a principle like ESG. Those things very supportive. I think that's so far, you know, uh, it, it's really doing well. Right. And I hear, are you a bit of a flagship investment for them? Is that right? Well, that's probably for them to say. But I, th I think one of the things that we really appreciate about Circularity and, and the founding partners there who, who spent a lot of time on this deal is that they did see the potential. They saw that Coco Green was a very early mover in circular economy. Yeah, you know, you strip the products away, you strip everything away in the valleys and everything. But actually, this business was 
really, really early in so Exactly. Like if you go back 10 years yeah, ago, yeah, and, and, and wasn't and even talked about, was people, it? We talk a lot now about ESG. You know, we were eating ESG for breakfast yeah. six, seven years ago. You know? Yes. It's, it's that kind of, you know, nice. It's a nice feeling for us, actually, to to reflect back on that. And that's what we hear. And, and, and you know, we didn't know what ESG was. We were just doing things the right way. Yeah. You know? Because the values were strong, yeah, and the relationships were strong, and the the products were strong, and the, you know the all the things that make a, a really special business were were fundamentally strong, and so we can label it with ESG and circular economy or whatever. But ultimately, the good thing that we do do appreciate from circular circularity is that they they appreciated that value, could see that value, and obviously invested off the back of that faith, good faith, trust, yeah. Um, and the potential, and yeah, we got a growth. We, we had a growth, a more ambitious growth plan, probably in part thanks to KPMG's advice, and we're delivering ahead of that right now. Right, and brilliant. So one year on, um, it's been very hard work across across the business, and but you know what it's doing is pushing us for that for that next stage. Yeah. Um, all all weaknesses we, we're perfecting, we're growing, we're growing. You know, there's there's. These new strategies spearheaded by Sadesh, which is super exciting. Right. You know, we'll be we'll, we'll hopefully be talking to you again in uh, some point in the future and reflecting back on that. In a Write that down, quite. Well. Yeah, just kidding. Okay. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, that's great. I I mean, thanks so much for for you know telling your story and that. But just in the last few minutes, it'd be great just to find out a little bit more about the people behind the deal themselves and just ask a few kind of personal questions just to like get to know you a bit better so um i'll start with you sadesh what do you know now that you wish you'd known when you started out i think uh, probably the better preparation is one of the things that we should have done you know especially uh, before we went to this deal before we went for this deal we didn't do much preparation for example we didn't have an fd yeah and uh, we appointed uh, FD during this process, but it would be much quicker if we had a uh, full-time FD. You know, those are the things actually we are going to start to understand after this deal. Yes. And again, if we don't have a deal, we have actually we can better prepare. We know actually what exactly looking. You know. Yes. Uh, those are the things. I think yeah. Great. Yeah. Thanks, Sudash. Tom, anything to add from you? Yeah, in terms of the deal, I agree with Sash fully. Um, you know, ultimately, you, you know, you have to put present some numbers in front of investors who are, in, you know, in the area of finance, and um, <laughs> they're expecting some minimum requirements. But um, as I said before, we we set out on our business to to build a great product, a great brand, you know, uh, with 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 clear values around sustainability and and social mobility and we, we already we already achieved all of that you know so i think probably a reflection for me is to probably before you start deal not just appoint the right people but also you know do a review of what makes your business strong yeah and obviously kpmg did do that with us but look at the look at you know the positioning of of that to to the investor market that's really really important i agree i agree with that we've talked a bit about equity story but i think being really clear in what what is your equity story and thinking about the buyer audience 
as you know, as as you build your business, what's going to be important to them to make it a strategic asset, yes. um, and just always having having exit in mind. If when you do a PD, as you'll know now, um, P houses are always thinking about exit right from the before they even invest. They're thinking about exit, so that you're sort of you're investing ahead and and just always thinking about the implications. So. So, for, so you would not go into a process with a PS if you didn't have an FD. Then you know you you you've got to have enough resource to deal with the demands of a process, but also just thinking more widely about you know what's the what's really special about the business and how do you build on that and how do you make it really attractive and more valuable. Yeah, and I guess it's quite useful to have that independent view sometimes as well because when you're deep in the weeds, it's quite difficult to step back, isn't it, and actually think about things like that. So you've got to take that time out, don't you? You do. And I think that's one of the things about choice around advisors, because there are a lot of there are a lot of options out there. I mean, you know, we, we, we went to market before we went to market, we went to market looking for an advisor. Yeah. And uh, we settled on KPMG and we, you know, we did our homework. We spent a lot of time, especially didn't we, on, on, on selecting partners. And what we realized during that process, given the stage that we were at, bear in mind that this isn't like a blue sky sort of business it already had numbers delivered great EBITDA etc 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 yes but at the same time we've got to watch out you know as a piece of advice to someone going into deal do your homework you know make sure that the, the advisor's interests are your interests as shareholders of the business not in their personal interest mm. to to maybe make a quick book and flip your business in the next stage yeah you know so again it's about surrounding yourself with the right people who's going to make your business stronger you know so one of the conversations that that we had and Sash was 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 particularly clear on this was you know we need to make sure that we're going to add value to the mix by having the right advisor there corporate finance advisor to to run that process and and look after your interest and to get obviously to get the biggest fee let's be you know, true about that. Of course, well, really it's win win, isn't it? At the end of the day. Build, but it's not just a one time thing. Like, so yeah. it's a relationship. Exactly. Built. The way to get the biggest fee to get the best deal. Yeah. Which ultimately benefits the, the shareholders anyway. And that's kind of the point that, that I was trying to make there is that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really important to be aligned yeah. and to feel that there is, you're all pushing in the same direction, isn't it? That's and it. That, and that's why we, we structure our engagements as we do to make sure that that is the case. Yeah. And was there something in particular that. Like, why did KPMG stand out? It's a good question, actually. I, th- I think they had a bit more heart and soul than the rest of the the the, the big five, big six that we went to. And um, the team that we met, and KPMG is a huge entity, so I'm not a huge brand, but you know, there was clearly something about the team that had had a, had some grit and a bit more, you know, excitement about them. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we we want to enjoy the process as well. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. Yeah, I think, uh, and also this last point, one of the last point for me actually, I think one of the good thing actually I saw actually from the KPMG, I think they understood uh, this is the first time you're going for a uh, market and obviously they understood about, understood about the mindset going from actually private company to actually investing in investor backup company. You know? I think they properly navigate us through that journey and actually show us actually what is the bigger picture out there. 
you need how you, uh, investors on board, how you actually expand your business and how to unlock your full potential. Mm. That's, I think, one of the yep. uh, big things I learned actually after this process. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. So the deal got done and then obviously everyone, when they finish a deal, think about going on holiday, but it's COVID times. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you could do go and do something fun, what holiday did you end up going on? <laughs> well, to be honest, I didn't go any holiday. Actually, that uh, I was just uh, uh, briefly actually went to Sri Lanka uh, uh, to see the staff and spend the time with the staff, and to mainly to say thank you for their uh, full support. Right, brilliant. Uh, that's quite important. Yes. So with the so many challenges with the COVID time, you know, so many challenges, they actually give the full support. Yeah. And I wanted to say thank you for everybody. Yeah. Lovely. And again, back to actually uh, work, and uh, that's what we're doing. That we need to make sure what we promise, what we deliver, that's already happening. And that's what actually I think uh, going back to the early question. That's actually so far the security and ourselves the relationship going well because what we promise we deliver it. Yeah, that's the key part. Yes, I think as soon as as long as you dream that one, I can't see any issue basically. Yeah, definitely. And Tommy, did you manage to get away? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things when you're going in such a business, you get away to maybe sometimes a bit too much, right? Yeah, it's, no, fair uh, it's enough. It's on the other side. But, no, of course. You know, I think probably just the simple things of like staying at home and enjoying some time with family is always appreciated. Yeah. Because when you're on this journey, it's a, it's a million miles a minute. Yeah. Um, and and that has um that has a it's a it's a big challenge, you know, going into process and building a business from scratch and then going into an investment process and going through it. You know, we, we're probably living in a bit of a different realm to most people out there in terms of, 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 of our lifestyle. It's something pretty unique. And so, you know, we, we kind of roll with the punches and made the most of what we've got. And I fully agree with Sadash. We've got a great team around us. And um, yeah, we've been very privileged to to have that kind of lifestyle too. Um, to build a great brand, build a great business and enjoy that journey, enjoy that ride. It's, it's fabulous. Brilliant. And Claire, from you, any final advice to sellers in the future that you might work with? I think, I think just um, just start your conversations early. Um, take, you know, talk, talk to advisors, get views on your business and work out, you've, you've got to work out the right timing for you, the business and what, what's going on in the market. Um, and I think just, you know, and, and also what, you know, what should your business look like? So I think, you know, don't wait until, right, you now want to sell and you want to get done in six months. Start start your conversations early, build your relationships and build your understanding uh, would be my advice and give yourself plenty, plenty of time to to get yourself ready and, and for the time to be right for you and for, to maximise in the market. Yeah, great. Anything to add on that, Tom? Yeah, I think uh, from my side, actually, uh, obviously, we need to look at within four years, five years time, potential buyers, what they're looking for. Yeah. That's quite important. Of course, uh, the financial numbers is quite important. That's one thing, what everybody does. Mm -hmm. Anything else, can we add something extra? Yeah. That's a more upside plan, I think, from my view. And especially uh, what we're looking in here now, ESG is quite important. 
if you look uh, backward, actually, actually properly certification wise, you obtain all certification for ESG back in 2014. Now, actually, it's quite big on hot topics on ESG. Now, now, actually, what we're looking four to five years' time, what actually we're looking Right, so what things will look like in the future, four or five years yeah. ahead. Yeah. So, we need to make sure we are ahead in ESG. Yeah. yeah. And I think you mentioned something, Sudesh, about carbon capture. What what's that all all about? That's in a quite exciting way. Where, where you're going as a company? Uh, without going too much details, I can you actually have indirect answer. Yeah. Uh, as example, if you go for actual product wise, we're talking about thirty uh, percent hygiene compared with other growing media. Right. When you come to the ESG front, as example for the carbon. How are we going to actually maximize the carbon capture? You know. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we going for the research and development as well as in the ESG side. That's why actually we already in the advanced stage. Right. So within four or five years, we want to be actually we are in the leaders in that sector. That's yes. Actually. Right. Okay. Exciting. Sounds really interesting from that side of things. And Tom, any final words from you in terms of exciting plans for the future? Well, I think, um, you know, Cocoa Green, what, you know, our products, what it does is it, it's, it's been a massive achievement for us to, again, prove that product, which is a sustainable planting substrate. Okay. Yeah. And, and what that does in the market that we're in now is it grows food, food that's in demand by you and me and everybody else out there. Uh, fresh, healthy food, you know, um, and it does it. It does it so well. The products work so well that you know our customers can't say no because it's actually it increases the yield. It saves water. It saves fertilizer usage during agriculture, which is one of the biggest polluters on the planet right now. Um, you know, we're offsetting carbon, etc., etc., etc. That's hugely exciting. So, one thing that we like to say when we're in front of our customers is that when you buy from Cocoa Green. You're having a positive impact, whether it be on the planet, you know, or on people. Yes. You know, and at the business end, which of course everybody cares about when they're in business, is it helps them to become more profitable, yes. more efficient, and so on and so forth. And so, what we're seeing in the food segment now is that Cocoa Green as a brand, as a company, is having huge influence on the practices that we'll see tomorrow in in agriculture. Yeah. So. You know, people are getting hungry for what we're doing because we're leading the way in that sector. You know. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Love it. Yeah. I mean, you're helping your customers with their sustainability goals, aren't you? From that side yeah. of things, which is amazing. Which, which is amazing. It's also an attraction for you know the bigger players in our industry to to put Cocoa Green as a choice ahead of others. You know. And I love the fact that you're actually looking four or five years ahead of time and thinking how can you keep ahead of the game. Which is, yeah, just a fascinating story, guys. Just absolutely brilliant. Um, I'd like to thank you so much for your time. Claire, Tom and Sudash. And um, that's all we have time for today. So I guess till next time and we'll see everyone soon. Thanks very much. Thank you, Jack. Thank you. Great. Thank you.